0: Hi, and welcome to the Making Our Way podcast, where we take a deep dive into the projects and creative process of our fellow makers. I'm Christy with Twisted Twine Woodworking, and I'm joined here with my friends, Austin from High Caliber Craftsman and Dean DePlantis. Hey guys, good to see you guys again. Hey, Christy. It seems like I just saw you guys a few days ago, but yeah, it was a couple days ago (laughs) since our our (laughs) weeks are way out of whack. Um, So Austin, what are you been up to?
1: So this week has been just like aluminum, copper, and brass, just machining all day, every day. Yeah. I'm so deep in trying to get the more like high-end custom stuff. That's what I'm doing this week. Like the big, the skull pins, the um, steampunk pins, all that kind of stuff. Those are cool. They take so much more time. Um, than the other pens that I build. So that's this week. I've just been, you know what I've been doing? Knurling. I've been knurling all week. <laughs> like it just takes so long to get it um, dialed in right.
0: Now, when you say custom pens, are they just more specific than than the rest of your pens, or someone contacts you and says, Hey, I want a custom pen?
1: No, I try to avoid that at all costs if I can. <laughs> it's just, I don't, I did that for so long, <laughs> custom ordered stuff. Um, by custom, I mean, just like not my normal bullet pins. I'm doing the, gotcha. you know, just the high, the higher end stuff. I just call it custom. I don't know why I call it that, but I do. I saw you also
2: customize that belt
1: you were wearing. That's right, man. Working my way down slowly.
2: <laughs> Are you going to just let the tail hang, you know, wrap around belt loops? Yeah.
1: So they're going to be my, my, my belt that I hold up. Cause right now it's actually, it's, it's all the way. So if my waist was a clock, it's already past nine o'clock.
2: Yeah. You know, going
1: going down. So it's, it's long already, but that's just from, I made it. I'm actually made it in May, but I posted the video in June. So, um, but I'm, I've had to add, I don't know. I don't even know how many holes.
0: Can you, well, is it realistic that you can like, you'll be able to loop yourself twice? I guess it's probably not that. You'd have to have some like bad medical condition in order to lose that much weight. I'm guessing.
1: I don't think, (laughs) I don't think I want to go that far if I can help it. So I'm not built to go that small. Let's put it that way.
0: I get that. I that's, that's what I tell myself too. Whenever I can't lose weight, I'm like, I'm just not meant to be a thin woman and I'm okay with that.
1: Uh, Hey man, my (laughs) wife likes them built for comfort, not for speed.
0: I'm telling you there's something to be said for that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right dean save us please
2: yeah so i was a little nervous we recorded on thursday and then tuesday and i'm like i'm I have you know i have the weekend to get something done so i have something to talk about and my wife came back here and i do this thing where when i have things to do and i don't want to do them i just clean and she comes mm. back here on friday and i have the broom in my hand and i had like a whole stack of wood moved away from the wall and i'm sweeping behind it And she looks at, I have my list of things to do. She's like, you need to do this this weekend. And uh, I looked at it, I was like, you know what? I can do that this weekend. And it was uh, three months ago, a friend gave me this closet door that she wanted to turn into a table. So she moved out of her house into this, uh, a condo. She like downsized. And she took one of the original wood doors, closet doors out of her old house. And uh, it's kind of like, you know, a, a double louver, you know, so long and thin, it was long, 80 inches long, this, this door. And so she wanted to make a bench to go along a wall to hide cables. So like to hide the cables that run to a lamp and to a phone charger and then to her TV, she didn't like them on the, on the floor. So she asked me if I'd make this bench that was 18 inches tall and I had all kinds of designs in my mind. And I'm like, I'm going to do a skirt and I'm going to do, uh, you know, these legs with, um, with with all the supports and everything in it. And the more I looked at the door, you can't sit on that door anyway because the intersection, it was one of those where like, it has the frame around the outside and then the Mm -hmm. middle is just, you know, an eighth of an inch piece of wood. And as soon as you sat on it, it would break. And so once I came to the realization that it didn't have to have all the structural supports where I was going to need 80 inch long runs of wood to wrap around this thing and stretchers that are 80 plus inches long. And uh, I just needed legs on each end. And so I grabbed uh, some oak that was laying on the floor in here, cut it to length, got the domino, boom, boom, boom. You know, just did some like a frame legs and had it on. And I actually did it that night. I, I built the legs earlier in the day and then watched football Saturday night and then came out here at midnight. Took the clamps out, glued it, mounted it to the table, and then the next day I watched the Formula One race and clear coated it. And I was like, I was out the door at eight o'clock that night, but the cool part about it was it was such a quick project i actually had another table that i tried to make a video out of but it was too quick of a project it was going to be like a four minute video so i decided i'm okay. going to well i'm going to put out a video of making both tables so it'll be one video oh. where the final so it'll be 10 or 11 minutes and the final is these two tables so it's just the angle is going to be you know easy tables that you can make from reclaim one was out of an old wood beam one's out of an old closet door basically adding legs nice. and um and how easy it is to do these decorative pieces like that
1: oh, cool. i have a story about making a table out of one of those type of doors but what we turned it into was a, a beer pong table this was <laughs> like you know if i would have been in college during college years and <laughs> we ended up it got so waterlogged from us playing over the weekends we ended up going through the house and taking down every door and just replacing the table and by the time my buddy moved out he had to replace every door in the entire oh house Lord. because they were all so waterlogged and like misshapen and i'm sure they were like mdf you know doors or whatever so
2: my wife was a all-american oh. softball player and at LSU. And so in the outfield, they'd have these signs where it like had their names and what year they were all Americans. And the field that she played at is torn down. Now they built them a brand new stadium like 10 years ago. So when they built the new stadium, the old one's just sitting there waiting to be demolished and turned into a parking lot. And so I called, you know, I called a guy and said, Hey man, if if you get a few cocktails in you, I'll pay you a hundred dollars. You break into the stadium and steal that sign for me. So he oh broke God. in and, and he stole the sign for me and I was already in Texas. So he stole the sign and brought it to another friend's house. Who's going to, you know, harbor the stolen property for me. And uh, he had it leaning up on the side of his house. And so I call him, I'm like, Hey man, uh, Kristen and I are in town. We're going to come by and pick up her sign. And I, I just want to make it clear. It wasn't one of these things where they were moving. Like they'd already moved into the new stadium. They have new signs oh. they're playing games there. This was, this was going to be torn down with everything else. So, um, right. And so, um, (laughs) they, uh, so we go to this guy's house to pick up the sign and it's not there. And so we go to leave the neighborhood and three doors down. He, this guy had been graduated, but he was still living in like the college area of town and three houses down. There's some guys outside playing beer pong and I hit the brakes and I back up and those SOBs, had gone and stolen the metal sign off the side of my buddy's house and had turned that into their beer pong table. And so we walked up and it's like 10 college guys. And it's me and my wife are like, Hey guys, we need that sign. And they were like, you know, and we're like, no, like that's her sign. Like that name, that's her. Like, and when they realized it was what the sign was, they just thought it was a piece of metal. When they realized like it was her all American sign, they got all excited and they loaded it up for us and everything. But, I uh, I thought it You're was. You were with funny. a
0: celebrity then.
2: Yeah, I don't tell her that because you know, head gets too big. It's hard. You know, dishes quit getting washed and clothes start oh, getting folded. And
0: yeah, because only one ego is enough in that house. I guess
2: right. right. <laughs> one of us has to live in the real world, and that's not my job. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> so, what have you been up to this last week, Christy?
0: Uh, well, we made continue to make more progress on the shop. Um, I think last time I talked about the dirt work. And then this last weekend, um, actually, it was just on Sunday, we uh, installed the Forma Drain is what it's called. And it serves as uh, both the French drain around the perimeter of the building. And also um, it is where we'll put we'll put the concrete in between those two forms um, for the footings of the um, of the shop. So. We had to work a lot of gravel. I mean, we had the the um, the little skid sear to to move the big big uh, piles of the gravel, but we had to like rake up or shovel up all of the um, the gravel up to the sides of the forms in order to hold them in place. We had to drive stakes in and then we had to put these metal, um, I guess you call kind of like placeholder forms just to make sure that the The sides didn't collapse in or didn't collapse out. Mm-hmm. So there was a ton of hammering um, the stakes in and a ton of, of uh, shovel work, getting everything kind of like, you know, put together and stabilized. And um, we were real happy with how it turned out by the time we got it done on Sunday. And we sat down to watch. Um, I think that night was when we finished watching swig, squid games And when I got up off the couch, I was like, dear God, I was sore from the top tips of my toes all the way up to my neck. And of course, Saturday, we had moved a lot of furniture. And I mean, some big pieces of furniture. Um, So between that and then all of the hammering and shoveling that we did Sunday, I mean, I mean, Marvin just laughed at me because I'm like getting up like I'm an 85 year old woman. I'm like, where's my walker or my cane? Because I was just <laughs> I was sore, like doing squats. I, You know, when we were moving furnitures up the steps, I was like, oh, my God, it was it was painful. It's, it all worked out really, really nicely. But um, man, I was sore. I don't know that I've been that sore from physical labor in a long, long time. Um, but yeah it it worked out good. Now we're waiting on concrete for the footings, which um will be next Monday, so hopefully by the next time we have a chit chat here, we will have some some footings put together and um make it some more progress.
1: so you and Marvin are still newlyweds, right? Yes. so you see him out there in his element, and he's just being the man, right? Just like he's knocking everything out, going through the list and that had to be sexy as fuck for you. I mean, like
0: the funny thing you said. There, the funny you said that because there was what you know. I'm I'm using the reciprocating saw. I'm cutting these forms, and you know I'm I'm got my my Carolina boots on, and I'm out there just you know tearing it up too. And I looked at him, and I'm like, I'm sexy as hell right now, aren't I? <laughs> and he just he just laughed because you know it doesn't matter. I'm, my hair is a mess. I probably I'm probably six shades of red because we're out there, you know, just way, way more physical labor than I'm used to. And, uh, so it's funny you say that. Cause we actually kind of joked around about that, you know, because we're weird, you know, all fancy is, is nice every once in a while, but you know, we like to get Damn stuff dirty. done. Yeah. That's right. get Stuff done.
1: I can hear them now. Dang, twine
0: <laughs> yeah people find that kind of funny that um marvin and i we refer to i mean i call him ozark a lot of times too especially when we're around any of our um social media friends and he calls me twine because his friends call me twine because that's you know i mean it's just kind of and that's right. just kind of the names that we go by and um so yeah i'm twine and he's ozark and that's how it is. A,
1: that's a great nickname. Yeah, like, yeah. Those are. spirit. Yeah. My wife just calls me dickhead. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can't argue. <laughs> I cannot argue with that at all.
2: <laughs> all right, today we're joined by Sam from Uncharted Customs. How are you doing today, Sam? I'm doing well. And I want to say this is I'm excited about this guest because if um, you don't know, Sam was one of my first repeat stamp guys because he came in with a a brand. He ended up rebranding later on and we re-upped him on stamps. And I can't name the number of people that have said, Sam from Uncharted Customs sent me to you to get a stamp made. So I'm um I'm hoping we can share some exposure for you and I can return the favor a little bit with that. Yeah, that'd be awesome. So why don't you tell the people a little bit about yourself, you know, what you're known for, what what kind of making do you do?
3: Yeah, so I primarily am making signs or home decor at the moment. Um, I kind of started this journey right as kind of COVID hit back in May with really no experience, no knowledge of anything that I'm doing today. Um, but it all started with uh the purchasing of a laser when we knew we were gonna be sitting at home, my wife and I, for what we thought would be. Not till right now. Um, But we uh, purchased that, and kind of made a few things here and there and and ultimately made a, you know, some social media pages and uh, it's grown into a full time business for me today, which I couldn't have even imagined. But uh, that's
2: kind of where I am. Yeah. And that was one of the things I always remembered about you was real early on. You were like, hey, I'm going full time, you know. I think the orders are there. I'm going full-time. And I was like, go get it, man. I, I hope I hope you do well. And what I noticed was from the second you said, I'm going full-time, I could tell that you you took it seriously because the quality of your product has just gone through the roof over the last 12 months.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um, end of last year, um, I was working for Coca-Cola and coming home at night and weekends doing all these projects and things that people had sent me orders for. And, uh, it was just almost too much, uh, for me to have the hours in the day to do it. And I wasn't super happy with my full-time job. I mean, it was a paycheck. It certainly got me through and I'm thankful that I had it, uh, throughout a lot of times when people didn't have income. Uh, but I knew that for my personal health, that it was going to be, uh, better for me to to move on and do this because I really thought I had a shot at it. Here I am. We're in month 11 of uh, doing it full-time as I started January
2: 1 of 21 and uh, it's going really well. So how would you describe your signs? Like what makes the signs you make different from some of the other things out there?
3: So I'll do a combination of many different things that people might've seen. I'm not really Uh, tied to one specific, uh, kind of sign or one specific niche. Um, I like to get someone's idea or if, you know, it's a business logo or whatever they're, they're wanting to make and kind of bring it to life. So I like to make things pop, make them three-dimensional, taking those two-dimensional pictures and, you know, making them come at you right in your face. Um, so whether it's, Uh, you know, your favorite sports team, or like I said, your business logo. Um, I enjoy taking those pieces and figuring out the layers and how I want to lay it out. And I'll also mix in uh, some carving. So sometimes I will do uh, partly on my CNC where I'm going into the product and then stacking on top of it to kind of give it a, uh, you know, a unique uh, flair, I guess, to what I can do with uh, all the tools that I have.
2: Yeah, you kind of build like split-level homes, you know. It's a it's a raised <laughs> sign, but you recess it in uh, halfway. It's it's pretty neat. And one of the signs that I saw you make that I was really like, okay, this guy's out of his mind. Was you did these um, plaques for a, a local minor league baseball team, and there were a bajillion pieces involved. I mean, you really went into the minutia. You didn't mail that in at all. What was that project?
3: So it was for. Uh, Pensacola Blue Wahoos down in Florida. And they're a double-A baseball team for the Cincinnati Reds as their their farm system. And they basically needed some gifts for their corporate partners. And they sent me something that they had had in the past, which was uh, similar to what I did. I just changed it made it my own, uh, where they had like a home plate-shaped uh, item with, you know, it just said, you know, thanks to whatever year it was, their corporate sponsor. And it was kind of a, a gift that they gave to them. And they said, we want to do something with this. Uh, but what uh, what what can you do to uh, bring it to life? And, and, you know, is it something that you'd be interested in doing? So I asked them how many they need, and they said a 100. And so for someone that <laughs> is typically making, you know, one or two signs for a single person, uh, that's quite a change. Um, but I was super excited about it. You know, I was told, Hey, you need to submit us a, a bid because we're not just going to say we'll pay whatever it is. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll be going up against, uh, some other products that we made bid out. And I honestly thought I did not have a chance. I figured they're going to send this to, uh, you know, some promotion company that can get it made in plastic and China. Wow. it. There's exactly. just no way. Uh, so I submitted my bid. I I, I I gave them exactly what I thought I was worth for it, and surprisingly, or at least uh, for me, I thought it was a little surprising. They accepted it and said, "You know, get to work." So right after moving, um, <laughs> at this point, I had to open up new shop and make a hundred signs before baseball season ended, which was just recently. So. Um, yeah it was it was it was crazy. I kind of came up with my own little design to make the home plate three dimensional like if you were to lift it up out of the ground, what it would be instead of flat and uh you know I added uh their team logo on there, which in total one of them wasn't so many pieces uh but their team logo was i believe eight or nine pieces each times 100. that were very very tiny. time is one hundred yes so uh that that turned into you know almost a thousand pieces with the base and everything else that
0: i've actually been to that stadium so when i saw that i was like wait a minute that looks kind of familiar so that's that's super cool how did they find you i mean like how did this sale even (laughs) come about
3: so the their vice president of sales um i had previously made two signs for his home and um the way that I know him or we have communicated before is because where I live here, I live outside of Peoria, Illinois. um, My career out of college started in minor league baseball. So I actually worked in minor league baseball and and in sports in general for about six years. And um, he worked for the same team that I did, just not at the same time. Um, So I've actually never met him in person but we know people, you know, have common connections that have overlapped in our our time there. So, you know, he's kind of always known about me and and through social media shares of common friends and things like that. Um, I've talked to him several times over the years, even when I was still in sports, but that's kind of how it all came together. He's rose through the ranks of uh, different sports teams and that's where he is now. So luckily after I was able to, to make him signs for his home, um, he thought of me for, for this project. So it was pretty cool.
0: Did you have any like surprises or kind of things that you learned in that big project that you'll implement in like your regular projects now?
3: Um, I don't know if it's, if it would be into what I normally do, but I, I definitely learned how to mass produce and I, and if I need to do that again, um, I have a, base level knowledge now of, of how I'll go about it because it was brand new to me. It was uh, something that I had to sit down and think about, um, how am I going to do this and do it 100 times every single step? Um, so, you know, it started with just base level. I need to cut the main piece 100 times. And so <laughs> I set that up and then I need to, you know, cut the second piece 100 times, set that up. And then, you know, it had, like I mentioned before, the you know, kind of a two, two-way design here where it had an engraving uh, from the laser, and then it also had the stacked logo, so it was going in and up. So it was definitely a whole lot of steps that I had to just be patient. It took me working on it straight. There were a few things that were kind of in there as I was working on, but probably three and a half, close to four weeks, uh, to get them all done. So it took a, almost a month of just focusing on that,
2: and so did you do like step one, a hundred times, step two, a hundred times, or did you kind of do fifteen at a time and and work with like that?
3: Mostly one at a time. Um, so I started with the the main base piece. Um, I set up a file on my CNC, which it was big enough to only cut four of them out of a time to be uh, I guess. Um, optimal would be the best word, um, in, in my time and, and replacing sheet after sheet. Uh, so I would put, I would put those four on there, run it, and then I would go do something else. So if I had those four done, I would take those four and prime, it, you know, and then they would be done and I'd set them aside. What I ran into is when you have 100, even, even the big pieces, I don't have enough room for that. It's just like 100 100 signs laying around, not completed. Now I have 100 signs that are all in pieces everywhere. So I had to, I had to do it in step-by-step form uh, for the most part because I had nowhere to put it. So if I did too much at once, I wouldn't have been able to have anywhere to to take it.
2: So let me ask you, um, you know, one thing that you do I really like is the stacking you know, so in this blue Wahoos logo, you it's blue, red, red, white, and blue, and it's got the cutouts, but then you've got this gray, like shadowing behind it. And these are all stacked layers on top. How, how was the process of learning how to do that? Learning how to cut the files, learning the most optimal way. What was that growth process like for you?
3: So that's something that I learned early on when I was doing these signs. And I'm uh, a lot better at it certainly than I was when I started, but, um, like I said before, I had no experience doing any of this. So it was all very new. And I learned a lot, especially in this area from YouTube, from watching tutorials on how to design, um, how to do things. I, I always say and tell people that I have uh, several degrees from YouTube University uh, <laughs> after watching it uh, for for so many hours in, in different ways uh, for different tasks. But uh, I use a program called Inkscape. Only mm-hmm. because it's, you know, free to download. Free. And um, I'm able to do everything in that that I need to. Um, I don't need any of the paid programs, at least not to this point. Uh, I can do everything in there, but it was a lot of learning. And I've actually turned my knowledge now into helping other people learn that. Um, I've started to, I, I just actually did one of my very first like Zoom. Classes for it, I guess you could say someone just asked me if I could teach them, and I did it for them with about for about an hour and uh, it's yeah it's it's been crazy to go from where I started to where I am now and being able to teach it uh, but it is it is certainly difficult um, what I like to do with these different signs regardless of what it is once I get if I'm not designing it from start to finish, which I don't do a ton of, but I have um, if i'm if I'm taking a photo or some type of stock image that they have of a logo. Um, I'm doing a lot of it in my head, honestly, of how I want it to look before I go to the computer. I'll just look at the photo um, and and try to see how can I really make this? What, what colors can be in what layers? And uh, you know, what, what can I do to really make this pop? And then I will go to the computer and try to bring that to life. And it, you know, it takes a lot of different uh, steps to get there, but, I learned, like I said, a lot from YouTube and from just asking other people how they do things and kind of implementing some of those.
2: I want to applaud you on your Instagram. You have stories or highlights where you go through and you talk about, "Hey, here's my process. Here's what I do." And I I always say, I think that's very important for us to share our knowledge with the community so that um, you know everyone can get better. Because there was a time where you wanted to learn, and I'm sure (coughs) someone shared with you, and that's how you grew. So uh, I want to applaud you for doing that. Um, before we wrap up on the signs, I wanted to ask you just about the shipping process. How did you, how did you ship a hundred signs and and what was that like for you?
3: So that was another, another task, uh, that was certainly new to me. I'm used to shipping one sign in a box and, uh, it's gone and out the door. In this case, I had to do 100. And obviously when I did the bid, I had to try to calculate some type of costs, uh, That goes into the shipping. And I ended up doing more than I initially thought I would. But I thought it was very important that uh, these be presentable out of the box, and that they could give them to their clients. Because they were clearly spending a lot of money on them. um, And I wanted to make sure once they got it in their hands, that my name was on it, one that they were getting something that was presentable. So I ended up purchasing boxes individually for each one, uh, almost like pizza, pizza box style um, where you can yeah. kind of, you fold them all up and then you can kind of open it. So it's very presentable. If you give one to someone, they will you know open it right up and see it just like you would a pizza. And so I spent a little bit extra on those. And then I purchased, th- I think it was three, three or four large boxes. And I put you know a, a third or a quarter of them, whatever it was, into each one of those boxes stacked up and made sure that the boxes were very snug. I did all the calculations to make sure that everything was in there. Talked to, uh, people that I was purchasing boxes from, making sure they would all fit in perfectly. So it ended up being three or four very large boxes. Um, but they were all individually boxed within that box. So once they opened it, they could literally hand them out from there and, and be good to go. That's awesome.
0: You had mentioned um, word of mouth, particularly for for that project. Um, I noticed on your Instagram, you sell through Etsy, but do you have like your own website or is Etsy your main way of selling besides just direct contact?
3: Yeah, so I don't currently have a website that's live. I have owned my domain for over a year and uh, not, not done anything with it yet. Um, <laughs> reason being there is that I'm one person. And frankly, I just haven't had the time. Um, I get asked about that a lot. um, But the thing is, I keep getting orders. So for me to stop making those to make a website to get more orders would just kind of defeat the purpose of my time at the moment. Right? It's definitely part of the plan. Um, I have a lot of plans that just have been on hold. Uh, mostly because this year has been very different than I thought it would be at the start of the year. Didn't anticipate moving at all, uh, but we did. And uh, so things have just kind of piled up and I'm I'm still weeks out on orders that I have. So I've just never really gotten there. Um, as far as Etsy goes, I actually don't do a lot on Etsy. That was something that I did early on when I just had my laser. I was doing some engraving and stuff on there. I've actually pulled most everything off of Etsy, mostly because I don't get enough out of it. And frankly, they just take a lot of your money anyway, uh, when I'm already yeah. getting it myself. So I do get most of my orders through social media channels, just from messages. Um, a lot of people will, you know, a word of mouth, like, Hey, I saw so-and-so got this from you. I'd like to know if you can make this. Um, so I'm still in that stage where I'm getting a lot of orders word of mouth and just straight messages on uh, social media or emails that are
1: listed. I have, this is a little bit off topic of that, but this is a question that constantly gets brought up with makers who are kind of like just on the beginning of their journey to actually sell things that they're making to people. And how how did you walk through on building a quote for an order like that, or even just on a, on a one individual sign? Can you, you know, if, if you're comfortable giving us that, kind of just tell us how, how you price something like what, what's the process? Yeah.
3: So I get asked that so much, um, just (laughs) from other makers. Cause on Instagram, I would say it's getting a little bit more spread out, but for the longest time, you know, 80% of my followers are other makers and they're asking me questions all the time, which is, I think at this point, kind of what I'm known for just being so open and wanting to share and help others. Which is great because that's what I want to do. Um, but I get that question a lot. And at first, when I first started the business, it was it was like, what would I pay for this? And that's pretty much what I said. It wasn't, you know, a whole lot of calculation, like, oh, I knew what I was gonna have to pay in material. Um, but it was a lot of just I want to get the business. And and I did. And if I look back today, which actually when we moved, funny side story here we were packing things up. I found a pad of paper that had a list of, it was like the first month that we were just doing little things on our laser. And it was like, so-and-so owes me $15 and -and so-and-so owes me $20. (laughs) And I'm just like, no way that I was doing these things for that. And, you know, just looking back on it, it's so funny. Uh, Today, if uh, you ask me how I'm going to do things, It's not a perfect science, but what I try to do is calculate upfront how long it's going to take. Just Mm -hmm. as if I had an hourly job anywhere else, I want to be paid for my time. So Mm -hmm. you're not ever going to get it exactly right when you're making custom pieces one-off for these people. But I've gotten pretty good in knowing what I can do. Um, And I'm still learning as I've gotten this new shop now. I have more space, which means I can do more with it. So I'm still learning my uh, abilities here. But when I was back and only able to do one to two things at a time in my really tiny garage, um, I had to make sure that I was getting enough out of my time to support my family and and my business. Um, I, I don't expect to get rich, anything like that. But I know as I've gotten better and better, um, I've been able to charge more for my time. So if even, even six months ago, I would have charged a different for the exact same thing that I would charge today because I'm so much better. Cause you're the pro and now. Yeah. makes sense. That's, that's right. So a lot of people will <laughs> ask me that question and I will tell them, you know, I don't tell them how much to charge per hour. That's, that's not up to me. That is up to the individual. What, I always just tell people, what is your time worth? Because everyone's answer is going to be different. If you have a full-time job and you're good and you want to do this on the side because it makes you feel good or happy or whatever, your price can be something totally different than someone else that's relying on this uh, to to have the income. So that's what I always say. Just whatever your time is worth, obviously calculate your materials. Uh, but no no way will I ever do it based on size anymore because frankly that, that doesn't matter either because I could make the biggest sign that's five feet long that has, uh, you know, just words on it that takes mm-hmm. the same amount of time as a 12 inch sign that has a hundred pieces, right. on it. you know? So you have to, uh, realize what your time is worth and go from there. I think that's one of the hardest things that some customers have a problem figuring out. Cause they'll ask me, well, can you make it for, can you make this uh two feet? Sure. You give them a price. And that, but how about one feet or one foot? And they expect it to be half, but I'm like, uh. I'm generally spending the same amount of time. on it. The details mm-hmm. may have actually just gotten smaller. So it might be more <laughs> difficult for me. So, <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it's kind of hard for some people to understand that, but, uh, I, I say always stick with what you think you're worth because uh, the market will tell you if you are or you aren't worth it.
0: That makes sense. Now, you've mentioned a few times as we've been talking this evening that you've moved shops. Now, did you move house too or just shop?
3: Yeah, totally moved everything. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, we we picked up and moved. Not far. Uh, we're only about nine miles away from where we previously lived we're in a different town now but uh we were living in the, our, our first home that we bought as a family for i think we were there for about 4 years and uh you know there were no plans for this business when we purchased that home uh, it was not even a, a, a far in the distance never could have even imagined <laughs> it um but when it did come about we just had a single stall garage um and so i started out there and then we had the laser that was in the basement um and fr- and from there it it just it got too big and it was something that my wife and i talked about like hey you know at some point i would like to see what we can do we we thought about maybe expanding the garage further back and, and blowing out the wall and going into the backyard but that just didn't seem sensible we couldn't make it wider because we had neighbors on the sides you know our our yards were too close There was no, there was nothing really we could do uh, with that space. And so we kind of just kept our eyes open. It wasn't something that we planned on doing. It wasn't something that uh, we were frankly ready to do, but someone sent us a listing of a house. uh, Like I said, the one we're in now that uh, had, you know, the space that we had plus another building in the backyard that was already set up as a wood shop.
0: Oh, nice.
3: It couldn't have been more perfect to be honest. And this is at the height of the real estate market when it's yeah. going crazy. And we were the very first people to look at it. Um, we were told that you, you better make an offer right now and yeah. it's going to need to be over what they want because there's more yep. people coming. <laughs> and yeah. so we did. And, um, with our offer, it had to be, uh, contingent on us selling our home because I don't know if, if you guys know this or it may be different in other areas, but because I am self-employed and it was my first year being self-employed, none of my income counted, nothing right. I could even prove counted. So it was yeah. on my wife's income plus the value of our home that we were in. So it was contingent on us selling our home. And we pretty much got told there's no way the guy's going to accept this because he could probably get cash for it right now and lock out the door. So I actually wrote the man a letter, never having met him, know anything about him telling him I have this business. It has grown. Wow. (laughs) I saw the shop. It's exactly what I need. If you, you know, would allow us to, you know, if this offer is good enough, um, uh, we would love to have it, and I'll continue on. You know what you've built out there, and he he accepted it. So, to a, more of our shock, uh, we had to have our house on the market in three days. Oh wow! It had to be had Dang. to be on the on the market in three days and sold in ten. Oh shit! Yeah, that was wow. that was the contingency, and. So, when you wake up on a Saturday morning, not knowing that you anything is changing in your life to a few hours later having to have your house on the market in three days, uh it's quite a change. Yeah. Uh, so wow. we busted it for thirty six straight hours, uh getting our house ready. Imagine doing that with a two year old, and then that was our life. Uh, but we did. we got it on the market. The first person that came to our house. Gave us an offer over what we asked for it. Done. I mean, it, it, it was, we had sold our house in three days from the time that we, and so here we are now We fast forward that it took us a couple months to close. Um, but we're here now been here for about two months and it's just a few short steps to work every day. And uh, I have my own separate building. I'm not tripping over toys in the other garage, single Stall garage with a fridge in it and, you know, bicycles and random other things that were just taking up what takes up a normal garage space. So that is where we are today. (laughs) Awesome.
0: Wow. That's uh, that's quite something, you know, when um, for me, the tricky part was boxing stuff up and getting things moved. Of course, I've not been able to unload stuff. What was uh, what are things that you learned in that process? of the actual move part of it
3: that I have way more stuff than I ever could have imagined, (laughs) even though it was right in front of me every day. You just don't know until you have to move, not just, not just the shop, but your entire house, everything Mm -hmm. that you own, man, moving is quite the task. But as, as far Mm -hmm. as the shop goes, um, just, Knowing that you've been getting this place dirty for a very long time and, and keeping it, you know, clean to your own standards, but it has to be completely wiped out and all of your stuff has to be gone is a different story. Uh, yes. So, and on top of that, like I said, I'm doing this day in and day out for income. I had to shut it down about a week before we moved, right? So I could pack and, you know, pack our whole house. Then we moved then we unpack the new house then i unpack the new shop which is empty no workbenches no nothing all my stuff on the floor so then i have to build a workspace so i was mm-hmm. probably out of actual making for about 3 weeks uh, mm-hmm. in total where i just didn't make anything now i was still taking orders people were understanding but the thing of of moving is you you basically have to start over and, and i mentioned that this is a wood shop that was built as a wood shop, uh-huh. but there it was it was empty. You know, there, there when I viewed it, um, there was workbenches and stuff in it. He obviously took it all. Um, so I've I've been slowly trying to build it out the way I want. I'm probably only thirty percent of the way done making it the way that I want, but I'm I'm up and ready and able to produce. So that's what's important.
0: That's good. Have you? Uh, what are some of the things like you've done differently at this location that you're like, oh wow, this is fantastic! I wish I'd have thought of this before. Was there anything like that so far?
3: Um, I don't know if it was anything that I didn't think of before, but it's a lot of the things that I thought of that I couldn't do.
0: Uh, yeah. uh,
3: I couldn't ever do multiple projects at once, or not very many because I just I just didn't have the space. I didn't have anywhere to put material. I didn't have anywhere to put, you know, drying product if it was painted. I didn't have anywhere to put a lot of my paint, a lot of my tools. It was just very limited in space. So here, I've got more space than I have ever had, and, and, and I don't even have it full yet. Um, right. the, the great thing about this, for me that I can and I'm starting to see it now, is where I was in that single-star garage. Uh, the summers were blazing hot, and the winters oh, yeah. were freezing cold. I now have a fully heated and air-conditioned shop, fully nice. temperature-controlled, where I can control that all the time, which is a big deal. Also, when you're working with painted stuff, so uh, just sure. keeping that at the right temperature is super important. I I can remember taking cans of paint in the middle of December. You know a year ago and, and taking them inside my house so they would stay warm yeah. so i could go out and paint it later and bring it all back in and uh so that's a big game changer for me is the space um i've still got a whole lot of work to do out there but it was fully built out with you know uh dust collection the guy actually oh, left nice. me his dust collector all hooked up still and it's got the pipes through the wall and up through the floor um, where I can just hook up to it if I need to got the, the whole mechanism to just everything that's on the floor, I can sweep it right to the side and suck it right up. So it's, it's just something that I've never experienced, uh, before getting this. And, uh, so taking kind of what he left behind and then making the rest of it, my own has, has really just changed my efficiency and
1: uh, my ability to produce a lot more than I was. So we have one question that we ask every guest and it's our three tools question. So if you're going to, obviously you just moved your workshop, but if you can only pick three of your tools to take with you to restart your workshop, what are the three tools that you would choose? Do machines count as tools?
3: Okay. So my laser and CNC hands down would be one and two because I use those (laughs) for nearly everything I do. Um, The third one, that's tough what would i take thirdly i would say well is i would say this is my computer a tool because i have to have that yeah so if it is it would be my computer cnc and laser um the yeah. rest i could figure out if i had to <laughs> uh you know <laughs> use a handsaw <laughs> to cut something and to fit it onto my cnc i i totally could uh um, but yeah, those two specifically, and and my design,
1: I mean, it's a tool that I use every day. Uh, so those are very very important to me. So I've, this is totally a random question. Do you have one of those spray paint shakers that is the on your reciprocating saw? I do not I feel like out of anybody in the world <laughs> that needs this, it's probably you. No, I I don't have. I've seen them, uh, but I don't have. You know, that's how
3: I get my arm. Count. I, just I was gonna ask it's like shake
2: weights right you just it's right yeah
3: do a you lot rotate a arms. lot of paint shaking the worst actually about painting isn't the shaking to me it's if you're doing long-term spraying and it's just holding down that butt so i do have some of those uh that you I can love connect to things. the can all oh, those and things kind of use best. it mm-hmm. as a gun so i do have a few of
1: those Yeah. I think that's critical for what you, what you got going on. And then um, one of the other questions I wanted to ask, um, I have two more, one more, what's the weirdest uh, sign that somebody has wanted you to make? The Weirdest sign. I don't know if
3: I have one off the top of my head. There was one that someone asked me to do just maybe yesterday um, that I frankly just couldn't do. Um, It was a, like a drawing with like colored pencils and they wanted me to make it. And I was like, I, I don't even know what to do. It's not even solid colors. I don't even know where to start to break that apart. And it was, it was, uh, uh, it was just really, it was some type of animal sitting on a tractor and (laughs) they said they wanted to make it look like metal, but they wanted it to be on wood. And I was just like, I don't think I can help you. (laughs) right. And I'll pretty much take on just about any challenge for the right amount of money, I guess for the right amount, if however long it's going to take me. And I thought about it, I probably could have come up with something, but I also am, am wanting to make things that I'm proud of. And so if people are asking me, not just this is not what I'm specifically talking about, but if someone's asking me to make something that I don't necessarily agree with or like. I I just won't do it because it's my name
1: going out there, and I just want to be comfortable with what I'm making. Right. That's great. And then, so my last question for you: Has anybody told you that you sound like Quentin Tarantino? <laughs> they have. They have not. <laughs> Doesn't it? Guys? Yeah. Now that you say it, I I, <laughs> yeah. I can hear it. It's like a, there's like a little thing. I don't know. It's interesting.
2: I have never heard that. All right, we'll have to do a poll next week in the Instagram uh, feed, Christy yep. on. Does sam sound like quentin tarantino I like- i'm
0: gonna have to like listen to one of his i do know guys i do know <laughs> who that is because i've got a reputation rightfully earned that i watch hardly any movies and every movie reference they they make i'm clueless on i do actually know know who quentin tarantino is but i don't know that i've ever caught him in an interview so hmm, i'll have to check that out though
3: you'll just have to just have to listen to me and now you know
0: there you go. I'll exactly. just i'll take i'll take Austin's word for it, which is <laughs> a bad habit to start. <laughs>
2: That's true. So, on that note, Sam, um, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you, what your uh, social handles are?
3: Yeah, it's just at Uncharted Customs. Uh, got Instagram, Facebook, and doing a little bit in TikTok now, trying to figure it Uh-oh. out. Oh,
0: well, and your reels frontier. are great. So, if your uh, you know if your TikTok is as cool as your reels are. I think you're going to go there.
3: I appreciate that.
2: All right, man. Well, hey, thank you so much for coming on and um, we appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you guys. Thanks.
1: So, listening to Sam talk about that big corporate deal that he had, I was thinking about some of the stuff I've done. And, Dean, do you have any kind of stories like that?
2: Yeah, man. Actually, I had one that I really, really enjoyed. It was a casualty of COVID, though, um, for two years this Houston Pipeliners Association would do a golf tournament uh, biannually. So twice a year for two years, I made the trophies for the cook-off. And it was the first time that somebody came to me. Usually I would turn away deals like that, but somebody came to me, they were like, this is what we want. What's a, you know, what can you do it for? And I said, well, if you want plain Jane, simple stuff. And he's like, no, that's not what I want. And I was like, all right, if you're going to pay for the stuff that I normally can't afford to buy at the lumber yard, Here's my price and let's make it happen. And they were so happy with the first year. I did these big maple cutting boards with a cedar handle with a brass pin to hold the handle in place. And then I laser engraved the logo of the Pipeliners Association and the date and everything. And then there's four. The the course was cut. It's one of those where I don't know if you play golf, but a lot of times bigger courses have more than 18 holes. So they'll have sets of nine. And so you go to play your 18. They're like, okay, today you're on the beach and you're on the dunes. And those are the two you play to make your 18. So I did boards for all four of their nine hole deals. So they had cooking competitions where the golfers would vote on which hole had the best food. So vendors would come like a uh, salespeople would come in, they'd sponsor a hole, they'd have food and whoever would win, got this trophy. So the oh. golf golfers would win and they got this like little four inch, you know, trophy store thing. And the guy who won the cook-off, it was a 24 inch 2 inch thick maple slab with an 8 inch handle and then I bought butcher knives and mounted the butcher knife I dulled the blade and then mounted the butcher knife on the the board and had the logo and everything laser engraved and that was the first year and they're like oh man we really like this can you do them again and so the next year I did I think I did something sim oh I did Texas flags so Texas flag mm. out of walnut maple and cherry and then I, I did like the Pipeliners logo where the star would be on the Texas flag. And then I laser engraved all the parts and it was a big glue up inch and a half thick slabs. I mean, this was some bulky wood, but they're paying for it. So let's make it happen. The third year, now I'm hitting my groove <laughs> cut out on the CNC. I, I had to do a multi, I had to do a glue up to get boards wide enough. So I did four woods that were native to Texas and I cut that out in the shape of Texas. Then I did their logo on a separate piece of wood and like how Sam was saying it was raised up. So the state of Texas is flat, but it's an inch thick board inch and a quarter thick board of these four stripes. And then I had an inch raise up round with the logo that I CNC'd and then epoxy filled. And then I did another like plaque with the cook-off, uh, wherever the cook-off deal was. And another plaque with all the information, the date and everything and then I made a stand out of a rigid pipe wrench so they could put it up on their table or wherever, wherever they were going to cook the next time it was like a nice display with this rigid pipe wrench was like the, the leg to hold it up vertically. It was one of my favorite things I ever made. And so then the next one's coming around in March and I was going to do this three dimensional barbecue pit. I had bought four. I still have, I bought six forks, like two pronged forks. And I was going to do the uh-huh. logo on the handle And then do these crazy, I was going to weld barbecue pits and make this like crazy thing. And I had just bought the forks and he called and said, Hey, we had to cancel the tournament because of COVID. And, um, and that was the end of it. I mean, it's a buddy of mine and they've moved on to other things and I don't have the time to do that anymore, but it was a project. I was so appreciative that they brought me in on and it really got me into doing multiples of a large scale at a budget that I wasn't, you know, I was like how Sam was saying, I was on that Facebook marketplace budget. $20, $15. $20, $15. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time that I was like, no, there may be tax documents involved with the price of this <laughs> transaction. And, um, it, it was, I don't know, it was one of my favorite things. And I'm glad I got to talk about it because I can sh- send the pictures to Christy to put on the Instagram feed and, and y'all can yep. see how it was super exciting. Oh, cool. that's cool. What about, um, you Austin, you had anything, I know we've heard about the, um, the Honda story. Do you have any other, uh, corporate deals you've worked out?
1: Yeah. So I was, this was like, right, right when I kind of bought the new surfboard business and I was kind of right when I went full steam with a whole crew of guys and, you know, I was just looking for any kind of work and I got this call about a TV show that they're making from TV. And it was basically like a surf girls TV show, um, reality kind of thing is what they didn't really go into details, but, um, so they, they, they had, the the, the first thing that anybody does that doesn't build surfboards that they're like, we want flowers on it. You know, (laughs) like it's a girls' surf (laughs) show. We want Hawaiian flowers. I'm like, Oh God, have you ever painted Hawaiian flowers? (laughs) They really (laughs) suck because it's like so many different colors and layers. And, um, and then they came at us with a, they're like, Oh, well, we have a really tight budget. Mm. And so I was like, I don't even know, like for sure we want the work because it was also winter time, the first year I took over this brand new business and I was like, we want the work no matter, even if we're, our profits pretty slim. And, um, this is a trick that I think some people could use eventually. And, and I, I said, the shipping rate could go upwards of 150 per board, right? Cause we were building six footers. We're building short boards. Um, I was like, I could go upwards of $150 Uh, you know, per board, because I had no idea where they were shipping them, you know, I'm like, or it could even be more if you guys are sending one at a time all across the country. So I gave them like a a really low rate for like a base level board. And then uh, and then I gave them if you want to go with, with this add on or this add on. And basically it allowed them to build themselves into a huge bill. <laughs> um, And I did it. It's the same thing car salesmen do, where right, they like let right. me show you the base model, <laughs> and then <laughs> and then they take you over to the the you know the highest end model they have, and they the let you bury yourself, right? So um, I so I did the same thing, and then what happened was, um, first of all, they wanted these huge Tampax logos on these boards <laughs> because that's was the main sponsor of the show. Oh,
0: God, that's so funny.
1: Yeah. And uh, it was great. Like, so we had to keep records because we had custom labels printed up. That was the Tampax. They were, they were like, how many are you printing? How many are you going to use? If you, if any of them get destroyed, you have to, it was like,
0: wow. it was like
1: we were dealing with money printing presses or something like they they wanted so much trap. I'm like, it's a tampon logo lady. <laughs> like, I'm like, we only need three for our buddies boards that are going to be coming through next week. Like that's all <laughs> the ones we need extra. <laughs> and uh, so, so anyways, bottom line, they get the, so all these people that we're dealing with in MTV, they're interns. And it's what I found out. And um, so I had talked to this one girl so many times and, um, you know, kind of just chatting her up a little bit and, She's like, Oh yeah, I'm an intern. So, you know, and I was like, Oh, so do you think they're going to go for this? And she's like, well, I don't know. I mean, it's all dependent on the cost. And I was like, okay, and then two days later, she called me back and she's like, oh, they're definitely going to go for this just so you know. And she said, and they're leaving a ton of money on the table. Oh. And I was like, oh, really? That's really good information to have. And she's like, yeah, I don't really care. Like, I just, I'm just here for the experience. I just, I, you know, she's like, I, I think you're cool. I think you guys have a cool thing going on. And I just want you to know that you're leaving a lot of money on the table. And I was like, wow. oh, great. And I was like, well, why don't you talk them into, we have enough stuff sitting here that we can make five more boards for you. And she was like, "Oh, oh yeah, we'll get that done today." So she goes back to the boss, and she's like, "You know who? It would be great. There's enough money in the till. He told me he would give us a discount on these other boards." Anyways, what happened is I talked him into all those boards. Well, then the lady tells me at the end of the thing, she's like, "Just so you know, there's still plenty of money there, oh and uh, just send me the bill for 150 dollars shipping on every single board." Oh my gosh! I'm like, okay. And then I said, well, where are we shipping them? And she's like, I need all of them to come to our office in New York city. And I was like, all of them in one box. She's like, Oh yeah. All of them in one box. My shipping bill was $99. (laughs) (laughs) Every single one of them together cost me $99. And I charged 150 a piece. And I think, I don't even remember it was like close to 30 boards at that point like they had just kept stacking and stacking and it's just it was so funny that like they're the typical thing where it's like how cheap can we get it and then at the end it's like no budget doesn't matter you know like and then i don't even know if the tv show made it to air well
0: that's what's wondering i mean so the boards were the ones that the girls the actor actresses were actually using no they're not no, okay
1: no so so my, what I came to realize is all of the people that are in the show were not, you know, of course a reality show or whatever, it's not real. Right. They're all, you know, sponsored level surfers and they all have their own deals that they can't, you know, they can't be riding that kind of stuff. Right. So these went to like all of the producers and the executives and anybody who put cash forward to go, you know, to whatever, pay part of the show. And which is why I think it was easier to grease the the wheels and get more boards made because they're like oh well at this cost we can actually hook up all these other production companies you know that kind of thing so um and it's funny i ne- i've never seen another one since then that was like 2006 ish i've never seen another one never heard anything back they were like oh yeah they look great and uh, hmm. it's just really weird really weird
0: I wonder thing. how many of those, of those folks that receive those boards, I mean, was like the Tampax logo slapped on the middle, like prominent on it.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, so it was <laughs> like, um, purple and blue Hawaiian flowers. And then the whole bottom was like blue swirl kind of look like the water, okay. um, you know, like a epoxy like res, river table, right, right. pre river table, but that's what our, the bottom of the boards look like. And then, there was a show logo. I can't remember the name of the show, unfortunately. And then the Tampax logo was further down. It was just kind of like a sponsorship logo. Oh, okay. so, um, whenever you do stuff like this, I feel like they're all like thinking NASCAR. They're like, let's slap 50 labels on it. And I'm like, it's going to look like crap, man. Like, yeah. you know, I, I feel like you have to try to talk them off the ledge all the time. I call them the kitchen sink boards. they want everything on it. Like every <laughs> potential thing that you can do, they want it on there.
0: And then you lose the, yeah, you lose the focus. If you've got a hundred pieces, a hundred little, little stickers or little stamps on there, you can't really see any of them because they just all kind of blur together after a while.
1: Good news is I still have two of those Tampax logos. So (laughs) if I ever decide to make another board, you know who else was exactly the same as that Uh, NFL teams. If you build boards for them, they are like, they will come and collect all of their stuff. Oh when, wow! When they leave, yeah, yeah, it's crazy because we did some for the Red, red Sand. I know that's not what they're called the anymore, Washington but around here, that's, team. yeah, Jesus.
2: Anyways, so Christy, I know it's kind of a little outside of your wheelhouse with you know us talking about working with businesses and stuff, but does that trigger anything for you?
0: Well, I actually, I mean, no, I, I haven't done anything along that line yet, but that is something you know. So I've got that CNC that is perfectly good, um, in, in storage still, of course. And that has crossed my mind. Cause I know in the discord group, um, that we're at different folks have talked about working with, um, realtors or just other, um, other businesses that need, you know, that need some projects, um, products, multiples of the same product. So I'm definitely not opposed to that. Um, finding the time with my schedule and all that kind of thing. Cause I don't, you know, it's that balance of, of time and energy and like what, you know, Sam had talked about a little bit earlier too, just kind of depends on how, how dedicated, how involved I want to get with the idea of selling stuff. Cause you know, I've never, I've never sold anything that I've made yet, but like I said, I'm not necessarily opposed to it, it but it has kind of been squirreling around in the back of my brain a lot lately as we're looking at, This fantastic shop. I'm kind of. I think I'm almost going to be guilting myself into thinking I need to do more in this shop and than I did when my little shop before. So, I guess we're going to just kind of see how that shakes out.
1: Taking the jump to do products when you don't do products, like, man, I don't know. It's such a headache. (laughs) Like, yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's nice, but those bigger clients they can be a pain in the butt, especially like, because they require like art approval and all this kind of stuff. And, um, which if you're not talented in that arena, you know, like the Photoshop or Adobe Illustrator, man, that's tough. But, um, well,
2: and then the payment side of things, a lot of times they treat you like you're a big company. And so they, you know, they're on net 60 or net 30 and it's like, no, I'm on net now. I I had to buy all this material. (laughs) I I need my money. Like that thousand dollars means a lot to me. It doesn't mean much to you. Right.
0: Yeah. The funny thing is before I even got my, um, CNC, we were talking about it in the discord and I'm like, I'll, I'll never, I'll never get a CNC because I'll never need one. Well, when you fall into one for $500, it's barely been used. You can't turn that down. So now in the back of my mind, I'm like, you know, something could come along and and we'll kind of see how it goes. I mean, thankfully I've got a great job, but I have no intentions of of um changing you know that situation. But um I feel at least now I've got some options, I've got some opportunities um that if I needed to, I think I could at least do a little bit of stuff and um make a little bit of money. In well, that th- world, if I
2: needed to. The thing with the machines is it's like adding an employee. So you right. add an employee without payroll. Cause I mean, that's kind of what I was hearing as Sam was talking is, well, he needs an employee. Uh, right. you know, yeah. He needs somebody doing the, the BS work so he can do some of the other work. And mm-hmm. that's the only way he's going to grow or or that's how you know businesses grow. And that's what the CNC allows. He even said it, you know, he'll, he set it up to carve the four home plates. And that's when he went off and did something else. But you know, employees mean insurance and healthcare and payroll and everything else.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. I think this is perfect. Let's just wrap this. What's your favorite Quentin Tarantino movie?
0: Um, I mean, Pulp
1: Fiction.
2: I, I don't know if you can. Really, I didn't like it. Oh, it, it's unbelievable. What? Pulp Fiction's unbelievable. Um, it's been a
0: long time since I've seen it, though. But I was not a fan. Reservoir Dogs. Watch is it again good, with the, I.
2: I, I have yeah. never seen Pulp Fiction it. over Reservoir Dogs. Um, Django was fine. I, it's not really my thing. Uh, oh, the I Hateful did. Eight uh, was fine, um, not but not that. the one I'm picking. Um, what's the one? Uh, Jackie Brown's really good. I like Jackie Brown.
0: Inglorious um, Terrence... Bastards.
2: Oh, oh,
3: you
0: know, that's, that's a good, a good one. one. Yeah. That would have to be my yeah. pick.
2: You have to. You one. have to be fine with the rewrite of history, but. I mean, that's what all movies are, right? Yeah. Fuck
1: it. Who cares?
0: Pretty much. Oh, Kill Bill. Kill Bill. It's, I was going to say, you have
1: to choose Kill yeah, Bill, right? Cool. I've yeah. never seen it either. It's good. Mine's Django. That's just my, oh, I love like, Western. You know, I think it was great. I loved, I loved the soundtrack to it. I loved everything just, and I love the spaghetti Western. Yeah. I, I All of it. All of it was great. So I like all of I love that he actually he actually got the guy who played the original Django to come into and and play a role in the movie, which was great. Oh, Nice. He was in from dusk till dawn. Yeah. Um, With my girl. um, Yeah. She was young. I I will
0: have to catch an audio version of him to see. He was in uh, Desperado.
2: Oh, yeah. He was the like American hookup or whatever. That's right.
1: Yeah. Um, which is also a good movie, Desperado. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. I'd say Kill Bill is my favorite of of all of them, and I like almost all of them.
0: Wasn't Uma Thurman in Kill Bill and also Pulp Fiction?
2: hmm Oh, yeah.
0: Okay. A lot
2: of the he really yeah, he he goes to the well. He finds somebody he likes working with, he they
1: stay in the movies. Yeah. Samuel L. Jackson, he's in a ton of them.
0: Yeah, but Samuel L. Jackson can be in anything. I mean, he's probably one of my he is probably one of my favorite older actors.
1: You love him in Pulp Fiction. To watch it again,
0: yeah, he's I, good. I there. I don't think there's a movie I'm that I've seen him in that I didn't like him in. He does a, I mean, he's just a talented, talented yeah. actor.
1: He uh, he also came in like super late, and that's what I, I watched True. the thing with him a while back, and he was saying that he he got he got started. He's like, I got started so late. I had to say yes to everything, which is why I'm in every movie.
0: (laughs) He has been in a million movies. Yeah,
1: for sure. For sure.
2: I'm pretty sure he's number one on the list of a top box office grocer of all time because he was in
0: in so many movies,
2: right? He will Avengers. He was in all the Avengers movies. He was in Jurassic park.
0: Uh, He was good in there. Oh,
2: that's right. Yeah. I forgot. He was in that one. Yeah. He's in so many movies. Uh, I think his first role was coming to America. It was uncredited. He was the uh, the guy who tried to rob McDowell's. Really? Was he really? Yeah, he's the one that comes in with a shotgun trying to rob McDowell's and they, yeah. uh, they take him out with the mop stick. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was his first role and it was uncredited.
0: Wow, that's hilarious. <laughs> okay, here's, uh, if we're going to do vi- movie questions, who plays each of you in your... Lifetime movie original or however you want to word. Who? What actor is you act? Adam Sandler. Where do you get the? I'm curious why. Because my wife
1: always said that he looks like me. <laughs> I don't know. She said that forever back when I was younger.
2: Maybe Adam Sandler's with a plural.
1: Fuck, her dickhead. Who did your wife say that your cartoon character was? I didn't
2: ask her because it was like I was sick when y'all did that, so it was like oh. two days later. And what did yours say?
1: Mr. Incredible, but then she afterwards replied back with Gaston from Oh uh,
0: Beauty and the Beast. What could you
1: rapey? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm not the one going to HR. Well, yeah. I'm not going no, to HR. Because- HR is going to me. <laughs> that's not good either <laughs> no because Gaston is like the most egomaniac like,
0: the most absolutely the most yeah, ego like, Disney no egomaniac one does anything ever. as good
1: as Gaston yeah
0: Yeah. It's true
1: so when she said that this is how I am for the rest of the day I would replace my name with Gaston and anything I was doing around her in the kitchen or whatever. I have like, no one cleans like Gaston. No one. <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> that <was just laughs> well, that's pretty good.
0: That is pretty yeah. good.
1: She's like, stop, stop. <laughs> Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a review and subscribe. If you want to reach out to us or you know a maker with a fantastic project that deserves a deep dive, send us a message on Instagram at Making Our Way Podcast. You can find all of our latest individual content on Instagram and YouTube. I'm Austin at High Caliber Craftsman. You can find Christy at Twisted Twine Woodworking. You can find Dean at Dean underscore Duplantis.
0: So we're moving furniture Saturday and we're trying to figure out where to go with all of this furniture. And one of the beds is a four poster bed, big, tall, beautiful maple, solid maple. Um, and we're trying to figure out who we can send that bed home with in order to just get it to go somewhere. And uh, one of Marvin's sons, they're all in their twenties. And he's like, you know, you should take that bed. And he's like, dad, I just, you know, I've got a bed. It works fine. And he goes, but you know, You could tie girls up on that bed. He goes, I know, dad, I thought about that too, but I'm just like, what is this conversation we're having here? (laughs)